Hi, welcome to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, George Mahoney. Today I'm joined by road rider for With Sun God, Matt Gibson. Matt talks to me about his early career on the track and his struggles moving up to under 23 that led him to focus on the road. I had a really good chat with Matt and I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for joining me today, Matt. Thanks for having me. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Uh, so it's pretty hard to sort of pinpoint what a, a first specific memory would be, but I can remember plenty of memories when I was younger, playing out with my friends on bikes, which is mainly what I did for such a long time. It took me quite a while before I actually started racing bikes compared to some other people. And what's the first bike you remember being really excited about? So I'd say I'd always been excited about uh, bikes when I was younger, but mainly just hardtail mountain bikes, etc. when I was a lot younger. But then I guess, I guess being really excited, maybe when I was about 12, maybe getting my first sort of tougher mountain bike that had like tougher disc brake, up suspension, that sort of thing. And that's, that's the kind of thing I loved doing when I was, when I was younger, before I started dating properly, when I was about 14, was just, like I say, messing about my friends on mountain bikes, where I sort of kind of do jumps in the local woods, that sort of thing. So I guess that would be the first bike I was super excited about. Where did you grow up? Um, were you part of a local club? So when I grew up, my dad was in the LEF, which meant I moved around a lot as a kid. But by the time I was uh, 12, I think it was, he left the LEF and I was sort of based around the Warrington area, Warrington, Cheshire area. And yeah, like you say, I joined a local club there when I first started riding my bike, which was Warrington Road Club. That was obviously super helpful for myself just to learn. I didn't really know much about road cycling at the time and nor did did either of my parents because they, well, my dad predominantly was, he was new to it as well at the same time I was. So that was super helpful to have people around us that knew what they were talking about in terms of racing and also just generally just riding a bike and learning how to go on club runs, et cetera, and what the, the etiquette was. Did you ride a lot with your family as you all sort of got more into it? Yeah, so I've always done my mountain bike with my dad. And around when I was around 13, 14, my dad got his first road bike from a friend, who was all, which was also around the same sort of time that I first got a road bike, just after he did, because he enjoyed doing it. And uh, so, yeah, I guess for the first couple of years, I did ride my bike with my dad quite a lot. And obviously with local clubs, etc., we'd go together. So we were both new to it at the same time and learning together. Mm. When we first started racing, we'd both go to local races and I'd do the, the youth A race and he'd do, the, he'd do the men's race afterwards. What do you remember about your first few races that you did? Uh, so, well, the first races I did, they were at a local circuit up in Preston, uh, just like the standard closed circuit race. And I think luckily like the turnout wasn't wasn't uh, particularly amazing for in terms of numbers. There's a few good riders that had turn up, but luckily for my first couple of races, only having 10, 12 other riders to race against obviously simplified it a bit. And luckily I, I actually started doing okay immediately. I think I was maybe third in the first race I ever did and 
then just progressed from there, which luckily was quite an easy step into it. I think if I'd done a bigger race to start with, I may have been may have been put put off a bit if I'd had my head kicked in straight away. <laughs> Can you tell me about your first national race and how you found that step up? So I think my first national race was UK school games in what would have been 2012, I think. So that would have been earlier in the year. And luckily, in the races that they had there, one of the races was a really short criteria that was maybe only 15, 20 minutes long. And somehow I managed to win that, being my first ever national race I did, which which was probably quite lucky, really, because all the longer races I did for the next couple of months, I did okay, but not too well. I think just because mm. that shorter race suited me more with the level of fitness I had at the time. Yeah, luckily, I didn't really know who anyone was. And winning that obviously gave me a bit of confidence to know that going on, especially with the races that didn't quite go so well, that I was good enough to then win those races in the future. So I think I got quite lucky there. But yeah, I didn't I didn't really see it as anything to, at the time, cause I didn't really know anyone. I didn't really see it as too, like, it wasn't too daunting racing against mm. people like at that level because, I didn't know what to expect. Did this national win uh, lead on to you becoming part of a British cycling development programme? So I doubt the initial one meant too much being such a short race. But like I say, then I spent the next few months in the, the longer classic youth circuit races, sort of figuring out what I needed to do and like how I needed to train and race, etc. And then I think... Winning the last two rounds of the National Circuit Series definitely definitely helped towards me getting on the national programme then, as well as my results at uh, National Cycle Championships, where I got third in the individual pursuit, mm. it being the first ever individual pursuit I'd done. So that, yeah, yeah that, those combined really, really helped to secure myself a place there. What was your first international race? And was this the first time that you represented GB? So my first international race would have been, oh, I think I did a few races in Belgium as an under-16, which were just sort of the equivalent of local races in the UK. So they weren't anything too demanding, but they were good races nonetheless and had some good riders there. And then I don't think it was until I was a junior that I represented GB I think the first time would have been Appledorn track meet which is a I think they still do it now and still go every now and again which is a junior track meet early in the year maybe January where yeah a few nations of race as as the nation so that you have the have Netherlands Belgium France Germany etc there and I actually did quite well there surprisingly I didn't obviously had no idea what to expect but the uh, international style of bunch races tended to suit me more than the British style, which is a bit more everyone look at each other and riding around really hard on a black line. It's a lot more uh, taking laps, etc., which I enjoy a lot more and I think makes for a lot more exciting racing. So you did track and road, and in 2013, you competed in the Junior World Champs in both disciplines. 
Let's start with track. You went to Glasgow for this. You competed in the Madison and the Individual Pursuit, eighth in the Madison and fourth in the Individual Pursuit. This must have been a massive experience for you. Were you pleased with how it went? Oh, massively, yeah. I went to that uh, not knowing how I would do at all. I originally thought I'd maybe be doing the team pursuit, but I wasn't selected to to do the team pursuit. I was taken as a reserve. So whilst I was there, I was put into the individual pursuit. And I think it surprised quite a few people, including myself, coming forth there in that I was, wasn't really expected to get a result and to get into the final and then come third was a massive result for me and a, probably a big turning point in how I sort myself and potentially how other people saw me as well. Later that year, you went to the track national champs and you won two national champs jerseys. Do you remember the first time that you became a national champion and was it this time? So I think it was, yeah. So I won, I actually won the, the main one I wanted to do well in was the individual pursuit, obviously having done well in the, the world only a few weeks before. So I went there as the favourite and expecting to win that. I entered the kilo on just a, just for the sake of doing it, just for another race and actually ended up winning that as well, which was a bit of a surprise, which was the first one, the first national champs that I won. And yeah, I, I can I can remember that pretty well actually, and obviously I was super pleased to to have managed to have done that. And I think at the time I was a bit I was a bit gutted that you never really get to wear your national champ skin suit on the track, yeah. especially as a junior. So it obviously was great, but like I say, it's a shame not to have been able to wear it at some point. Yeah. Luckily, I got to do that a bit later on in my national cut champs. So, as I said, you did the uh, Road World Champs, the junior ones. Firstly, can you tell me about the road race? So, the road race is something I was put into last last minute. They were taking me there predominantly to do the time trial, and doing the road race is something that they just thought they'd put me in whilst I was there. My job was mainly just to to help the, the other riders as much as I could mm-hmm. and the BC were expecting that by the time we got onto the finishing circuit, which was super hilly, I wouldn't really be able to do too much anyway. As it turned out, I think one of the other teams was, was controlling it super well. And I didn't really need to do anything. It just meant that basically I loaded the circuit. And then when I got to the circuit, I just got had to get around, which I managed to do, which was obviously great for myself at the time. But yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't really too too much to report back on on that. It's just just a case of getting there on quite a tough race. In the time trial, you finished fifth. You must have been really pleased with that result. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Uh, again, I wasn't necessarily expecting to do that well and to have been able to do that was a great result and probably another result that helped me to then progress on to other things in the future. You did all of this as a first-year junior and going into 2014 as a second year, you did the track junior European champs in Portugal and you took away a silver medal in the team suit. How did you and the team feel to have won a European champs medal? Obviously, we were ecstatic to have, to have, come, to have come second there. Obviously, Pro would have, at the time, Pro would have liked to have 
gone for the gold, but it is what it is. We think we were beaten by a better team at the time. And uh, yeah, it was obviously amazing to have got silver there. It was, I think it was the only time as a junior that I released a major team pursuit internationally. We didn't go to Tech Worlds that year. So that was the big one for us that year. And silver is obviously a pretty decent result. The Junior Road Worlds were in Spain and you once again did the road race and time trial. How do you feel your mentality going into it and in the races and your performance changed from the previous year? So obviously with a with a good result the year before, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well in that time trial. That's something I've been thinking about all year. And in the pursuit to do that, I definitely trained too hard, which meant that through the year I was just doing too much, mm. not recovering properly, and meant that on the day I just didn't quite have the legs to do as well as I'd wanted to do, and I was pretty disappointed with 10th at the time, to be honest. And then similar story again in the road race. I'd been doing a lot better in road races that year, and that sort of course actually suited me really well. And then on the last lap, when the when it really mattered, I just didn't quite have the legs. So that was a bit disappointing that road world for me, but it is what it is, and I've I've definitely learned my lessons from 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 that. Yeah, I think especially like at such a young age, you don't want to be pushing yourself too much when you still got such a big career ahead of you. Oh, most definitely, and I'm sure in a minute we'll come on to what happened the following two years after that, but. Uh, at that at that time yeah it's so easy to put too much pressure on yourself to try and perform at levels where your body's just not quite ready for yet so the following year you moved up to under 23 how did you find that jump in such a high level racing that you were doing so the main i would say the the gap in sort sort of Ability-wise, isn't major, but continuing on from what I was talking about earlier and trying to impress, I uh, went from the end of that load season, didn't really have too much time off at the end of the season, and then progressed into uh, the British Cycling Academy, where I was there full-time and doing the same training as everyone else. Really, I could have done with a bit more time off at the end of that year, but I then was straight back into hard training again and progressed through the the program quite quickly to the point I was training with the podium squad only maybe three, four months after joining. Mm. So it was just a continuous ramp of progression uh, and I ended up going on a altitude training camp with those guys and just pushed myself so, so hard that I put myself in a massive hole uh, and gave myself overtraining syndrome and chronic fatigue, mm. which then took me a few years to fully recover from, which meant that through that year, I could do, I could do the other result, but I couldn't train consistently enough to improve my fitness or maintain it much more than a few weeks. So I felt like the level of racing wasn't really too much of a step up but I was progressively getting worse which obviously made it a hell of a lot harder than it needed to be for myself. Yeah I think looking from the results that I've got written down here you won two European champs jerseys 
in the uh, junior European champs. And then you also did the elite European champs, but then you had quite a small calendar in 2016. Was that because of how much you pissed yourself uh, the previous year? Yeah, so through 2015, which is the years where I had the, the good results at Euros, I was, I'd had, I had to take quite a lot of time off because I'd pushed myself too far. And I managed to achieve those results just on the training that I'd done previously and sort of the residual fitness that you have from obviously years of training. But progressively through that year, my fitness was dropping off as I couldn't consistently train. Mm. And then that that properly came to a head the year after in 2016, where all the fitness I'd previously had had completely gone. And at the same time, I was still incredibly fatigued, so I couldn't train at all. So, yeah, like you say, I barely raced in 2016. I don't think I actually finished the race at all and had to take quite a significant amount of time off to fully recover from that to then start progressing back up in 2017. Well, I still wasn't quite myself, but I was on the way back to becoming myself again. In 2017 and 2018, when you joined uh, JLT Condor, you started working more on the road. Do you think the sort of pressure from the track made you want to focus more on road? Yeah, absolutely. And definitely with everything that had gone on with whilst I was at British Cycling in terms of pushing myself too much and everything like that that sort of in my head I definitely do connections to being on the track and being around that environment to not not being particularly happy as opposed to I saw the road is a lot more you're you're in charge of yourself a lot more in the mm-hmm. on your road and obviously you train a lot more on your terms and you you can do most of your training by yourself so yeah definitely saw focusing solely on the road is a big part of kind of step away from the position that I found myself in. So how did you find your 2017 road season uh, when you joined your new team after coming back from struggling the previous couple of years? So it was definitely difficult at first without with a, missing a few years training it took me a while to get a decent level of fitness back especially mm-hmm. endurance wise. I'd find that I was okay in a, an hour race, like a criterium, but if I tried to perform in longer road races after a couple of hours, I'd just, I'd find myself, uh, would find my legs falling off and unable to, unable to do much at all, really. So, yeah, it took a while to get back to where I, where I wanted to be. And I don't think it was until towards the end of the year that I actually, finished a race that was longer than longer than an hour or so mm. I think it was a one day in one day in France that was the first race I actually finished and the only race that year I think. Uh, early in 2018 you went out to Australia and New Zealand to compete in some races what do you remember about this time and did you really get back to enjoying being back on the bike? Yeah, so absolutely. So start of 2018, I, like you say, I went out to Australia and raced the New Zealand Cycle Classic where that was my first, I think that was my first stage race in 
for my first OJO that I did that I thought I'd actually be able to compete in in maybe three, four years. And like you say, yeah, things just seemed to be starting to click back into place at that point and managed to actually win a stage of the New Zealand Circle Classic, which I was ecstatic about, which meant so much to me to be back in a position where I could win bike races again, especially ones that were not just Criterium's actual decent length for those, those stages again. So I was over the moon about that. You did the Tour of Normandy and had a stage win and a points classification win. That must have given you a massive confidence boost for the rest of the season. Oh, absolutely. The Tour of Normandy was considered quite a quite a prestigious though, especially for under 23s kind of please themselves. So to win a stage there was a big target for me through the first half of that year. And to have done that, I was I was incredibly happy about. And to top it off, winning the green jersey as well meant lows to me. As well as that, we also had the Tom Stewart then for the team at the time also won yellow. So we did incredibly well that race and I was over the moon to be back back in the mix again in European racing. You took the win at the Critton Nationals. How did it feel to put on that national champs jersey on the road as an elite? So yeah, that was that was something I was really pleased about. In the, the clip series that year, I think I'd I'd been second or third in every race but I hadn't actually won one. Mm. So there was a lot of pressure on myself from myself and from the team to win that and Luckily, everything fell into place on the day. And yeah, like you say, to be able to wear that for the remaining clips of the of the season was was pretty special, really. It's something that I'd like to try and manage to do on the road one day, but we'll have to try and, have to try and see if that happens or not. You finished the season off with a stage win at Tour de l'Avenir. You must have been so pleased with your season. Yeah, I was... I was very happy with 2018 on paper that went that went really well uh I was obviously start of the year I really didn't know what to expect and progressively through the year just doing better and better and better I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it to tour of love and air because a few three or four weeks before I'd crashed doing a a local criteria and actually broke my hand so I wasn't. I was really unsure as to whether I was going to make it to Lavenir or not. Mm. Luckily, I was just about well enough to to ride that. But my fitness was definitely wasn't where I wanted it to be. And every stage, apart from the one that I won, which happened to be the easiest stage, and was I think it was quite short compared to the others. But super easy, really easy sprint. All the other stages, I was. It was a bit of a battle to get round, and I was mm. almost as pleased with myself to have finished that race as I would to have won the, won the stage that I did. For your 2019 season, you joined Burgos BH. How did that move come about? So that came about through uh, an agent that contacted John Herity, who was the manager and DS at JLT Condor. He uh, approached John saying that he'd noticed me doing well and was interested in uh, interested in like, representing me as an agent and said he he definitely had one team that would have taken me 
and also would play for other teams, play for other bigger teams as well. But that team was Burgos BH that he had uh, in the bank ready. But unfortunately, there was talks with bigger teams at the time, but unfortunately nothing came off. But yeah, so then I ended up at Burgos for 2019 and 2020. What were some of your highs and lows from your season that year? So I'd say in general that those two years weren't weren't amazing for my part. Mm. I went from a British team where lots was done for me and I had a, a lot closer relationship with the staff and all the riders there. And I also raced a lot more. So the way that I trained definitely didn't, I didn't need to train as hard as when I should have done whilst I was at Burgos. I went into that year training the ways I'd trained before and it just wasn't really enough for the style of races that I did and the races being few and far between with big gaps in between them. Uh, fortunately, I've learned from those mistakes now, but it meant that most of the time my fitness was just not where it needed to be to be competitive at those races at that level. And you say highs and lows, I'd say... Highs would probably be the win that I had at King High Lake, which felt more like a felt more like it was just a bit better than everything else being not so good. And then because I said to say the, the rest of my results really weren't much to much to let home about. There was a lot of DNF in there. There was there was a few top tens and sprints, but other than that, nothing really nothing really major in general it was just not not particularly great on my front really I wouldn't say anything bad about the team they were they were they were nice nice people and just not quite the, the right environment that I needed at that time being being just out of under 23 having a few years where I hadn't really been able to train properly and obviously as a result of overtraining and everything when I was younger that was I was quite nervous not to get do too much again, which was another another aspect of training too little, I guess. And obviously 2020 was very different due to lockdown and the pandemic. How did your motivation and training change because of this? Yeah, so after having not the not the best year the year before, I was I was relatively demotivated as it was. Uh I I think I raced once before lockdown, which actually didn't go too badly. But unfortunately, I crashed in the last stage and injured, injured my knee a bit. That injury sort of lingered for a few weeks, meant, meaning that I couldn't quite train properly. And then it just took me a while to get going again, especially with it being lockdown and everything like that. I just almost felt like, oh, well, there's no rush to get going again. And before, before I knew it, like quite a while had passed where... I'd only just been ticking over really. I hadn't been training properly. I hadn't been training that hard. And then before I knew it, there was talks of racing happening again in a three, four weeks time. And I just wasn't really ready to start racing again straight away. And I did a few races and I wasn't really, I wasn't going that well. It wasn't until maybe the last race of the year I did, I was going quite well in Tours, but unfortunately, I punched it on one of the gravel sectors, which meant I was there was mm. no chance of me making it back to the front of the race again. So in general, that was another 
another year that was a bit of a write-off but living we learn I guess not. yeah I think a lot of people struggled with training because nobody was really sure when racing was going to be coming back so it was I'm sure it must have been difficult as a pro rider not really knowing you know what what to do with your training yeah absolutely didn't know how whether it was worth taking a bit of time off whether it was worth keeping training mm-hmm. and having a bit of a knee injury at the time meant that it seemed like the logical thing for me to do was to was to this but I probably took that a bit too far and a bit further than I needed to just because I didn't really know what was going on. So last year you joined River World Tight. How did that come about? So that came about after my so my two-year contract with Burgos ended. They didn't want to re-sign me and I couldn't. With the results I had, I was always going to struggle to find something else at that level. Uh, it wasn't until super late that I knew I was going to be able to, well, sorry, knew I wasn't going to be able to stay at Burgos or at a team at a similar level. So unfortunately, I had to take the step down. And uh, Liverpool were, I think, the only team at the time that actually had a space available for me that I could, meant I'd be able to join them for that year. Which obviously I'm grateful that they were able to give me a spot, but it was at the same time pretty disappointing to have to step down to continental level after two years at Perconti. Your international season started a bit later than most with the Tour of Estonia in May. Then you did the Tour of Slovenia and a Tour of Norway. Can you talk me through these stage races? Yeah, so COVID was still affecting some races early on, early on last year, uh, which meant, like you say, we didn't race until May. However, that sort of gave, did give me a bit of time to get my training back on track, which mm. obviously, like I was saying, hadn't been ideal the past two years. So I went into those races in much better fitness than I had before. But I'd say things that didn't necessarily, more tactically than anything else, just it was a, it'd been a while since I'd been involved in those sorts of races and the fine-tuning of tactics and also, I guess, the fine-tuning of, like the the training aspects of actually racing is hard to replicate and just didn't really quite get the results I was after. I was usually there or thereabouts most of the time, but yeah, it was good to get back racing, but it was a bit of a shame not to have managed some better results there. For example, in Tour of Britain, I was definitely a lot more ready for that sort of competition by there and it showed in terms of the results I got. Yeah, in general, I was happy with the progression through last year and hopefully we can take that even further this year and try and get some better results. Let's talk about the Tour Series in August. Round one and a solo victory for you. Tell me about the race. Yeah, like you say, I won solo. Unfortunately, there was a crash that meant that a lot of the Canyon riders got were taken out of the race. But then, yeah, a few laps later, I... I attacked by myself, expecting maybe one or two people to come with me. And I ended up by myself. It actually, it's almost easier like that sometimes in a technical circuit because you've got all the accelerations and fighting into corners that you usually have in a bunch. You Obviously, you don't have to worry about any of that and you can go your own own speed through the corners, etc. 
yeah, it's not actually it's not as hard as I expected it to be. But yeah, it was good to good to win like that and happy to show that I've got the legs for that sort of that sort of effort, which is something I've been keen to prove previously. You had two more brilliant races and Riverworld Tight won the series as a team. How did it feel to win that together? Yeah, so that was obviously uh, great to have won the overall there. Something that I don't think I don't think I've ever been in a team that's won the overall before, and it was yeah great experience to be able to have done that with the rest of my teammates and win the overall there. It was, it was an interesting tour series last year, only being three rounds. It was a lot more. I think a lot was decided on that first night, which then. Sort of there wasn't enough rounds afterwards to overcome that but yeah it was great to great to win that and great to get a, a win for myself in the in the bank that year can you tell me about your bike change that was all over social media uh yeah so i think that was the last round i in the first lap uh someone Someone knocked my bars and someone else knocked my front wheel at the same time, which meant my handlebars weren't straight. So they were so so uh, so wonky that I didn't want to have to ride the whole race with them. That I I got a bike change to get off that bike, and then when I got on my spare bike, unfortunately my spare bike had training wheels on it, so I then changed back onto my other bike and. Obviously, through all of that meant that I was right at the back of the bunch and luckily managed to get my way back through to the front and be competitive again. But yeah, uh, that, yeah, people seem to have enjoyed looking at that, looking at that bike change. <laughs> makes, me th- makes me think maybe I should have given cyclocross a go at some point, but <laughs> unfortunately, I haven't been able to find the time or money to, uh, to give that a go, but <laughs> maybe I'll give it a go at some point. So you mentioned Tour of Britain earlier. What was the experience like and how did it feel to do Britain's biggest stage race? So yeah, I'd say Tour of Britain was definitely the highlight of last year for me. Uh, there was a, I was absolutely in the best form I've ever been in. And then there was that stage where I was in the breakaway and managed to come third. I quite often think about what I maybe could have done differently to try and win that stage, but it was always going to be difficult against those guys who I could tell, tell I'd been told that I could sprint and didn't want to take me to the line in a condition where I was fresh enough to contest the sprint. Uh, there was unfortunately a day where I was caught up in a crash in the last couple of hundred metres, which was the, the Warrington stage, a stage I was really looking forward to because it was not far from when I, where I'm from at all. Uh, that was really disappointing to not have been able to contest the sprint there because I'd, I'd say that was probably the day I felt the best, but like racing goes, sometimes it sometimes that just happens and unfortunately you don't get to get to have a clear shot at the finish. But in general, the overall experience was great. The crowds, the the zoot, etc. was yeah, I loved it. And after the twelve written, you did the Beaumont trophy. Can you tell me about coming third? Yeah, so that was a that was another good race. Uh, I saw that more as training more than anything else, and just wanted to wanted to race it as hard as I could. I mean, tactically, I probably would have followed more. I followed more moves and things than I would have done if I'd uh, 
daily just been focusing about that but that was obviously a great uh, great day out there it was a lot of fun to fair the way that was raced and super attacking races and yeah hopefully there's some more races like that this year so you're starting your season with with Sangrod. Tell me about joining the team. So Tim, Tim, the the owner of the team, is always someone that I've spoken to when I've basically been looking for a team for to ride for in the, in the UK. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's the best best team in the UK. They're the best races, have the best riders, and also like the most fun I've ever been on at a, at a team in terms of how the how the riders all interact with each other and everyone just seems like like really good friends basically so yeah it was a it was an obvious choice for me not being able to move up again to a so gone to a world tour team that was the team I wanted to ride for uh this year unfortunately they didn't have space for me the year before but mm-hmm. uh yeah luckily Tim had, had a spot for me this year and it was great to be able to join that team. So you were planning to do a race in January, but you had to miss it due to COVID. How was it to have your plans changed right at the start of the season? So yeah, that was obviously not ideal to not be able to race in uh, January in Spain. It was GP Valencia. So that was obviously disappointing not to be able to, to race there. But like you say, it was super early in the season and it was yeah, it was best that I, after COVID and everything else, left it and made sure that I recovered properly and made sure that I then got back to a decent level of fitness uh, towards the, the the obvious goals late in the season. For example, the other UCI races and then Tour of Britain by the, by the end of the season. So you've already done a few races this season, including Tour of Antalya and a stage win at Olympia's Tour. Are you excited to do this season with your new team? Yeah, absolutely. I'm incredibly excited to, for the rest of the season. Like you say, the, the stage winning Olympia's Tour and then also being up there in the, the sprint finishes in Antalya have given me a lot of confidence, especially sprint-wise, for the, for the rest of the season to see what I can show in bigger races. The team also have been extremely well and for example, the last stage of Olympia's tour, we were first, second, and fourth in the in the in the juice bunch stunt. So, pretty excited to see what we can do as a as an individual and as a team. I think we can do really well. What goals do you have for the season? So, goals wise, I'm trying not to set anything too specific, but yeah. I'd like to definitely like to try and win a stage of Tour of Britain or race at a similar level. I just think that my main ambitions now are to try and move myself back up to Pro County or World Tour level. And as good as the winning races at uh, a point two level is, I think for myself, now I'm a bit older, it's going to take a bit more than that for bigger teams to take me seriously enough to give me the, give me the opportunity. So do you hope to see yourself riding back at a World Tour in five years' time? Yeah, definitely. That's my that's my, my ambition. Hopefully, hopefully next year, if not next year, then hopefully the year after that. But we'll have to see how things play out. Unfortunately, it's not quite as unfortunately it's not quite as simple as uh, the best riders always get a contact at a bigger team. There's a, there's a lot of politics involved, and 
talking to people at the right time and and also just who you know plays a massive role in that unfortunately but ideally that's my goal and I definitely think I'm I've got the capability to be up there. What's your favourite race you've ever done? I'd say today it was probably was Tour of Britain last year. That's the first race where I felt like the way I was riding there made me feel like I was really sort of capable of competing at that level on a regular basis. It made me feel like I'm more than good enough to be here at this level and riding for the team, riding for the World Tour teams that I was facing against. So that gave me a lot of confidence going forward and hopefully I can show that again this year. And what was it like having a home crowd and loads of fans throughout the whole uh, experience? So yeah, it was great to be able to see all the people or all the people out watching watching on the side of the road. I feel like the fans in the UK are so much more sort of like the only other places you get that sort of environment is being maybe being in Belgium during like a one of the classics or a grand tour somewhere so the amount of fans that come out to watch these races is unbelievable for especially for the level of race it is mm-hmm. compared to other races in the world so that's definitely a massive massive plus to racing in the UK as opposed to other places. Is there a race that you would really like to do that you haven't done yet? So there's loads of races at World Tour level that I haven't done yet. So it's, it's hard to pick one, but I'd definitely like to die to Paris Bay or Tour of Flanders at some point. That would be my, my goal above anything else, really, I'd say. Where's your favourite place to ride for fun? So I, f- I feel like it's hard to beat the Peak District. I know, it's, I know a lot of people say it, but it's where I ride my bike the most and... I just feel like the lows down there are so pretty and also just so good for training at the same time. Like, I love riding down there. And if it wasn't for the weather, I'd, I'd, I'd want to ride down there all the time. But unfortunately, the weather can be a bit, can be a bit hit and miss. Who's your favourite current rider? Uh, I have to say Wout van Aert, just because how, uh, how good he is at so many different things. You, don't, you, you never get people that can win sprint stages and also win mountain stages in the same race it's just this doesn't happen most of the time so I just in all of how how good he is at so many different aspects of cycling it's amazing how did you find doing Tour of Britain with him uh so yeah it was it was amazing to be able to those with people at that level and to watch sort of how they do things and how they play things is great experience for people like myself really it also sort of makes me think that I'm not too far off that sort of obviously not him personally but the level of people like on world tour teams etc not too far off that level personally and how I see myself who's your favorite rider of all time I really don't know actually too far uh favorite rider of all time I feel like there's too many. I feel like I can't answer that with one rider. I feel like there's been too many amazing, amazing riders of all time. When I was younger, I would have said someone like Cancellara, but now, now I'm a bit older. I don't know. I feel like I've got so much respect for so many of the old, older riders. Yeah. Back, back, a, back a while ago, the, back when the laces were 
four or five hundred K long rather than two hundred K long than <laughs> especially on bikes that they're on back there and I feel like just the the effort that it must have taken is unbelievable by today's standards. What's your advice for young riders? So obviously coming back to what I was talking about earlier is make sure you look after your body, not to not to push yourself too too far, especially when you're younger, sort of having someone you can talk to and then also figuring out where your limits are and especially trying to stay well within them when you're younger and not get yourself to the point where you're worrying about doing too much. And then at the same time, also making sure you enjoy other things other than cycling because the times when cycling is not going too well, if you don't have anything else you can turn to, you're really going to struggle sort of in yourself to think of like mm-hmm. in aspects of like who you are kind of thing. I'd say that's really important to be able to have other interests besides just cycling. And I feel like when I was younger, it was almost a bit of a, I don't know if, whether I imposed this on myself, but I felt it was a stigma to just be a cyclist and you could only be a cyclist. And if you were interested in anything else, it was what you're doing that for. Why are you, why are you interested in other things? And I just think that's not particularly healthy for anyone just mm-hmm. to have one interest and just only do that all the time because yeah. there comes a point where you're going to feel a bit sick of it and that's that's normal for everyone to get that and if you feel like you can do other things and it's going to help you to feel the flesh and ready to go again whenever it is time to to dial things up in training etc. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race what's on your playlist to get you motivated? Um, yeah I feel that's difficult for me to Similarly, again, difficult for me to just put it down to a few songs. In general, I tend to try and not get myself overly excited. I definitely have a tendency to make myself, especially for the road race, mm. I don't want to be too excited before the start because I'll just end up burning too much energy early <laughs> on doing... Whereas, really, I want to be trying to conserve energy and not be too... not overly excited until, until it really matters, so... I don't know, I feel like it'd be hard to put that down to anything too specific. What I tend to do these days is listening to the kind of things I'd listen to on a daily basis, which is just the sort of music that I'm into most of the time, just to try and take, almost take my head out of the, the headspace that I'm about to race. That's what I personally find helps me the most, just to almost relax rather than get myself motivated. Thank you so much for joining me today, Matt. Thank you. Good luck to Matt this season and thank you so much to him for being on and being so open with me. Other cycling life stories are available on my Buzzsprout website, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check me out on social media. I'd love it if you give me a follow on Instagram, the GCN app, Facebook or Twitter. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. See you on the bike.